Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Lou. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Mulan is finally coming out, but are we happy about it? More John Wick on the way, a new Tron movie, and a reboot of Three Men and a Baby. But before all of that, here's our update on the movie world amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And as I just mentioned, Mulan. We're finally getting it. We are, (laughs) but not (laughs) on the big screen. Disney has announced that Mulan will release on Disney Plus on September 4th. Here in Australia, $40. $30 US. Again, here in Australia, if you want to watch it, premium on Disney Plus at home, it will cost you $40. Bear in mind, you also... You already you have to have Disney. You have to have a Disney Plus subscription That's to get it. It's, it's like it's like unlocking. You have to un, pay to unlock Mulan into your library of so Disney Plus content. Get it you can't just day. yeah. You yeah. need Disney. If you're Plus. sitting around, I don't have Disney Plus. I can't purchase Mulan. I can't mm-hmm. watch it. Well, that is a good point. Other movies like Scoop, you can go iTunes, Amazon. But yeah, we've. This movie, Disney Plus, is the only way you can do it. And again, I know I've said it a couple of times already, $40. That is, that's a lot. I mean, the, I know the answer, but are you going to pay and watch it? I, I don't know. I'm still hoping, they've said that in some countries, it will still get a theatrical release now. In countries necess- that don't have yes, Disney Plus. I know, I was going to say, we're not necessarily... Guaranteed to be on that list, but the fact that here in Australia we do have cinemas opening, maybe. I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, the only way we get it is Disney Plus. If we're doing it for the podcast, I'd be tempted, but I don't know. It's it's a lot, and you can say because what they will say to you is that well, you've got to think how many people are in a household, how many people are watching it. But what I'd say to that though, it's not just it's not saying hey, you're just paying forty dollars. It's the experience of going to the cinema and seeing it on a big screen. So it's, it's a yeah. night out. It it's, is. Uh, it's, pay it's pay the same amount to do what we do every other night. Yeah. It's not Just quite get the home, same. watch the TV. Other premium VOD movies, say Scoop, it's been like $25. So it's been up there, but it's not been as high as 40 And I was curious. So for Disney to do this, and hopefully... This is not going to be what they're going to look at doing for other movies like Black Widow. I'll just wait. I don't need to see it this year if they're going to give me the option to watch it on my telly. Um, I mean, they're saying this is just for Milan and that's it. I mean, unless, whatever. That's bullshit. Yeah, this, is, this is an experiment to yeah, see exactly. okay, how much can we make? Are we going to lose? All of those questions. Um, I'm just going to tell you, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not watching it this way okay we uh, may not wait. do a review then. <laughs> <laughs> i will we wait may not do one um or maybe we'll do like a catch-up review because this is the thing they're saying that if you if you pay to rent it like ordinarily like you know using itunes as an example if you rent a movie from itunes from when you press play you have access to that rental for 48 hours and then yeah. it just disappears but what they're saying with mulan you pay your 40 dollars and then you always have access to it. So it doesn't go away. <laughs> or you wait, I don't know, two months or whatever, and it'll be on Disney Plus anyway. That's the thing. It will potentially like... come on there. But you know what? Is it good enough to watch multiple times as a, like a, a lifelong rental? But anyway, what I was going to say <laughs> earlier, to reach 375 million profits on premium VOD alone, Mulan would have to draw rentals from roughly 20% of Disney Plus subscribers. And I got this from Variety. They were crunching numbers um, on the prospects of like this actually making its money back. It's, it's doable. It's doable, but like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not so much like, okay, no, we need, to, we need to break even and then make a little bit of money. Like, that's not what Disney wants. No, this movie had the potential to make... 800 million, 900 million, a billion dollars, potentially, I'm not saying it would have, potentially could have made those dollars. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty nutty. And hey, you know what, what is actually, I mean, it's, I'm pretty confident it's not gonna 
be a successful like outing for Milan here or for Disney. But in the back of my head, I'm like, if this is successful, if this works and they make a good amount of money without having to pay, you know, like distribution fees to theaters and all that kind of stuff and cut the costs and, and we'll split the costs. I mean, this could change the landscape of how we receive our movies. And that kind of scares me a little bit. Me the too. movie theater yeah. could be disappearing. I don't think it will happen, but if it does, terrifying, terrifying <laughs> prospects. Before we move on from Mulan, did you see the clip of the guy in the UK in a British With cinema the, the just Stanley. like smacking the shit out of a Mulan standing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did not take the news well. Because no, I mean, they were blindsided. They weren't told this was going to happen. And we've talked I about something similar. I heard differently. When Universal released uh, Trolls World Tour, apparently like, they didn't, they didn't speak to you know the theater owners or the National Association, whatever it's called. Uh, I, I heard that Disney did, however, speak oh, okay. to for them, and they've been leading up to it. I heard in the UK they were blindsided, but maybe not. But again, this guy though, he certainly didn't take it well. So whether he was notified or not, was not happy. I'm assuming he was like a smaller chain owner and not like one of the big ones. Maybe. Mm. The only other bit of COVID news I have, and you know what? It's nothing to do with movies moving their release schedule. So that's refreshing, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Some good news for Jurassic World Dominion. They've restarted filming. So that's good. Um, the movie's set to hit cinemas 2021. So next year. Yeah. So still on track. Um, I am excited. I'm not really expressing it. At all, but like I just assume because we go two weeks between uh, you know our movie shows. I just thought this was already out this bit of information, but I guess if this is new, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. No, brand new and brand new. new exclusive pictures from the sets and behind the scenes. It's got crew members wearing masks. So mm. yeah, no, this part is new. Yeah, but you're right. We have yeah, lots, of, lots of fun stuff. Lots of uh, practical, you know, puppets and stuff that they're using, animatronics. They're all back. I'm getting excited again, even though Fallen Kingdom was not the best <laughs> no. outing I've ever had. Well, let's just move on from COVID-19 and trailer talk. And the first movie we have to talk about, until I've seen the trailer, never heard of this film, The War with Grandpa. Apparently based on a book of some sort. I'm assuming a novel... Yeah, Maybe that's, I saw novel. that in the... Um, yes, which, yes. So that was in the trailer based on best-selling book or whatever. Um, but when I just saw the title, The War of Grandpa, Robert De Niro, my mind went to Dirty Grandpa. You know, the mortgage yeah. company made with Zac Efron a couple of years ago. And this movie is not that at all. It is De Niro essentially doing a kid's movie or a family movie. And yeah. you know what? It looks, it looks fun. Like, you know, I had a couple of laughs in the trailer. Like, it doesn't look like it's going to be, like, groundbreaking in any way. But it just I suppose looks it'll... like a fun family movie, you know, one to watch together. You've got De Niro, Christopher Walken is in there, Jane Seymour. It's got a good cast. And it looks, it, it just looks fun. It looks to be in the same sort of vein of, like, Daddy's Home. You know, like... Well, you've got you've got these big actors, or you know, yeah, but it, it, it's a family friendly movie. At the end of the day, it could almost pass for you know if you throw a few more you know filthy things in there, could pass as a, as an adult film um, within the setting. But you know, keep everything PG. It's all fine. But I, I was I was like, oh, this looks really, really this looks pretty good at the start of the trailer, and then I was like, oh, hang on, is this a kids movie? And I was like, oh, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing the filth, what's going on. And yep. then oh, Kids movie. big words, a comedy for the whole family. I was like, oh, okay, which and is you know fine. What? You know, But what? I was more I... excited before I knew that. Right, okay. Well, I, I like the, the term they're going for here. I like the fact that it is a kids movie. And as it's you know, fine. It's, on, yeah. um, on Saturdays, I do movie night with my, with my kids, uh, three and eight. And this looks like something we'd be able to sit down together and enjoy. So yeah, it's this you, yeah, it's good that you don't have like you have an excuse to watch these movies where 
you know, me and the wife have to actually convince ourselves, okay, we should watch this family orientated movie or we should watch this kids movie. And when it's not like a Disney movie or a Pixar movie, it gets very tricky for us to convince ourselves. Yeah. You know how hard it was for me to get her to watch My Spy? <sighs> but you know what? Or Spies in Disguise is very hard. I, very I enjoyed My Spy. It was, it was a fun movie. It was, that, it was. It wasn't this. That was a bit more mature than this. I was, I was pleasantly surprised uh, the darker tones that, you, that we had. Anyway, we, we've done a review on My we, Spy yeah, we, already. Yeah. But The War of Grandpa, if you've not seen the trailer, the, the war they're talking about in the title is between the grandpa and the grandson. Grandpa goes to live with his daughter and he has to share a room. And that's essentially, that's the setup, that's the movie. And war breaks loose. Yeah, that's kids versus grandparents, <laughs> essentially. And it, it, it looks it looks like a fun movie. And I, again, I've not seen this from De Niro before. We've had him do Meet the Parents, but that's not aimed young like this movie is. But I'm getting Meet the Parents vibes, though. But do you know what? Christopher Walken on a on like a trampoline. I'm there for that. <laughs> yeah. um, it, looks good. it looks good. Um, okay. Let's talk about something filthy. <laughs> yeah. A movie that I did not know existed until the other day. American Pie presents Girls Rule. Yeah. Wow. And you know, I thought they were, when they, when they did American Pie Reunion, which we treat as the true fourth American Pie movie, you know, an American Pie movie proper, I thought they were done with these American Pie Presents, but they're back. Me too. With this. <laughs> but um, yeah. there's nothing about this that excites me. Um, the fact that it's about girls is something different. So I guess there's that. But I mean, the trailer, there's nothing to it. There's just girls talking about stuff. And then just, the, you know, what you usually expect from like the American Pie Presents movies was just random stuff happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> like, it, that's yeah. the trailer. You know, it's it's the first entry in the franchise in nearly a decade. What I find appealing about it, American Pie presents. Oh, I'm finished. By the way, that's what I find appealing. By it. nothing else. Oh, like the, the title, trailer, like that. Looks, it's an American Pie. Yeah, the trailer looks shocking. I'm pretty sure Eugene Levy came back as Jim's dad in the other. Present all of them, movies, all, of them. all yep. four of them. So this is going to be the ninth American Pie film, but the what is it? The fifth presents movie. What, now, he was in the trailer, wasn't he? I think I saw him pop up for no, a split second. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I was watching. Did I just? Him. Did I pretend? Did I, just I hope he is. I hope he's in it because you kind of you kind of need that. I remember when American Pie presents Bandcamp came out and that one was actually okay and you had the mm. shermanator as the principal and jim's dad and it felt in that world but then when they moved away from stifler's brother to his cousin and whoever else oh there was just the whole family of yeah. stiflers like is it too early for like did jim have a daughter is it too early oh. for that um, no because it was it 2012 no, when it's too early for she that. was a if it was a girl, she was a baby. Unless the movie's doing a time jump and it's set in the future, which I very much imagine. doubt. <laughs> I just think, you know, the guys at Universal, they're like, ah, oh, we've got a great idea. We're going to do an American Pie movie, but it's going to be from the girl's perspective. It's going to be fresh and original. It just, yeah. But do you know what I reckon it was? It was, hey, we want to make a, we want a sexy teen raunch kind of movie, comedy thing. Okay. Hey, the way to actually sell it is to slap American Pie on it. Let's tweak a few lines of dialogue and maybe throw this character in and done. American Pie presents. Yes. For it to really count for me, you need Eugene Levy. You just do. Even... I swear I saw him, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Okay, after we, after we finish, I'm going to go back and watch it a second time. So I've only seen it the, the once, the trailer. <laughs> I'll go back and, and have a look. And, um, and hopefully, when the time comes, I think it's... Oh, when's it due to come out? Like, in a, in a few months. good few months. Maybe October. Like probably next week or something. <laughs> so, hopefully, we're, we're not light on reviews, and I won't make you review it. Uh, <laughs> well, we will see. Um, the other one I want to talk about, it's a trailer for a TV series, Raised by Wolves, and it looks mental. It's a new series from Ridley Scott featuring androids, tasked with raising human children 
on a mysterious planet. Oh, is it the right? Yes, yes. It looks crazy and free. Now you are talking about like yeah. I was thinking. I thought you were referring to like the the characters that are the wolves. I was like, are they robots? I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. They're like, are they aliens? Are they humans? I don't know. I'm confused. Okay. I'm confused. Okay. I and I think they're the wolves. They're the you know yeah. the, the sheep in wolves clothing or how does that go? But yeah, but they yeah, it looks interesting. I'm really on board for this. You know, Ridley Scott, we're used to his sci-fi on the big screen. This is him doing TV, and it just looks really interesting and unlike anything else I'm watching on TV at the moment. Yeah, I haven't really got like a, a big sci-fi show that I'm currently watching, so that'll be good. If I if I give it a thing, I probably got one. But <laughs> oh, we no, both, you know, finished the latest season of Westworld and bloody hell, that was a chore. So I'm hoping for some good sci-fi. Oh, I haven't even I haven't even started season three, so Oh right, okay. I thought you didn't yeah, so I, don't... I have. <laughs> oh, You've got that to look forward to. Well, um, okay, that's it for the <laughs> <Taylor> talk. <laughs> okay, let's start with uh, movie news. All right, the Suicide Squad. Um, the official title treatment for the Suicide Squad is out. We've got the big logo and everything. It's all fantastic. Director James Gunn has revealed that we will get our first look at the film August 22nd during DC Fandom. So that's the mega 24-hour immersive virtual fan experience, which brings the universe of DC to life and features the stars, filmmakers, and creators behind its biggest films, TV series, games, and comics. Essentially, DC's own little Comic-Con. And it's going to be huge. Like, every live-action property that's coming, the writers, the cast, uh, maybe not the writers, sorry, the directors, they're all on board and going to be a part of this. It's DC Fandom. So we'll be putting this episode out on the 21st and that will be released on the 22nd, so the day after. Um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's not just the movies, it's TV, it's comics. There's stuff on there for the kids, like DC Superhero Girls, Teen Titans Go, all of that. And it's going to be interactive yeah, it, it's the first of its kind. And it's something that they put together, obviously, on the back of not being able to go to San Diego Comic-Con and all the Comic-Cons in the US. So they've, you know, they've done something different here. And it's going to be the same. It's a limited 24-hour event. So what they're going to do is like, put it up, and if you don't see it, you'll miss it. I mean, we know, in the age of the internet, that's not the case. <laughs> it's going to get reposted <laughs> everywhere. So don't Absolutely. be too worried if you miss a particular showing because it'll pop up. YouTube or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. Like, there's a Black Adam panel with Dwayne Johnson, Matt Reeves, the Batman. It's all going to be there, a part of it. And we've got some news for an upcoming Marvel film. Captain Marvel 2 will be directed by Candyman's Nia da Costa. This is the uh, new Candyman film, right? Yeah, the one that is still due to come out this year. I think it's Universal that's making that movie. They've moved all other horror movies to next year, but they're keeping Candyman in place. Yeah, so we've not seen her work on that yet, but I like the fact that they've gone with a female director for a female hero. It doesn't have to be that way, but I like (laughs) it as a choice. Yeah, completely unnecessary, but it seems to be what they do. And that's fine, whatever. Either way, um, the this uh, this director. I mean, I think she's fairly new to the game of directing, but um, uh, Jordan Peele is very good at at picking sort of you know these new gems for for talent when it comes to directing things. Um, and he's obviously picked her for for Candyman. Um, so I guess the the guys at Disney or Marvel, they've uh, I don't know if they've seen something or they they know i don't know maybe she's done something else they picked her for something and, and they're I pretty think, good at yeah she you utilizing new talent yeah she'd done maybe a short movie or like an independent mm. movie and that's what peel had seen before he picked her for Candyman. but i mean that first captain marvel movie had two directors male and female but yeah anyway you're right gender doesn't matter but i think it's <laughs> you know if you look at how many male superhero movies we have and for them to do a female character captain marvel why not have a female director 
It's good. Oh, it gives them the, the female voice. Like, it can only help, right? It can't be a detriment. Hey, Patty Jenkins on Wonder Woman. Oh, that's you know, it. She's come out and said that she's going to do a third and that's it. I'm happy with that. That's Trilogy. okay. You've yeah. got to be happy with that, haven't you? You need new flavour as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, and I think, you know, I think one director doing three is good. I think after three movies, what more does the director have to say? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's cases where, you know, they've got lots more to say, but, you know, if, if she believes by then she'll be done, that's fine. Like, let I'm her spread her wings. Richard Donner, Lethal Weapon. I'm trying to think of directors that have stayed beyond <laughs> three films. <laughs> Michael Bay. Anyway, <laughs> Transformers. No. Oh, Transformers. Oh. See, I gave a good example. You gave a bad example. Which is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, John Wick 5 has been confirmed. Now, we, we have already confirmed John Wick 4, right, before this. Yep. Just want to know where we are with things. So we knew we had a fourth coming, but John Wick 5 has been confirmed by Lionsgate. Keanu Reeves and the studio are aiming to shoot both John Wick 4 and 5 back-to-back next year, or early in next year. Makes me happy. The John Wick films are fantastic. Keanu is on top form in those films. So just give me more. Yeah, there's an in- I mean, normally we'd say, why are they, you know, why are they greenlining another sequel before the next, you know, like, because you're normally when you get movies, when they come out, you know, it's like this one makes this amount. Maybe the second one makes a little bit more, but then usually you get a bit of a decline. And then it's like, oh, should we do the next one? Uh, it's a bit of a game. John Wick is a very unique franchise. They've been earning more each time. Yeah. Well, so, and, which is. I know, but if you look at the story, like it is ongoing. So it's not like in the first movie, it's a one and done tale. And then same with the second and third. Like it is. They're telling this story in chapters. So they're all yeah. set like, aren't they set like um, a couple of days apart? Like yeah, each. they all follow on. Yeah. yeah. They all follow so maybe on. that's why they also want to get two done at once. It's like, I know that, you know, Keanu Reeves hasn't aged in the past 20 years, but it's starting. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the beard. It looks like he hasn't <laughs> aged with a beard. I mean, we it talked about it. him in the trailer for Bill and Ted. Music. But I mean, across, very if they wait, if they wait a couple of years between films, I mean, it's gonna, it's not, it's gonna look like he's aged a little bit more than like five days. So you might need to start doing, you know, this is him a year later or five years later. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's good news. And setting up Lionsgate, like this is not like a massive studio where they've got something with John Wick. So it's good that they're continuing to not just make more John Wick films, but you know, chapters two and three, they're still solid mm. entries they are good films this was a surprise for me we're getting tron 3 can't believe it we are can't i mean it. They, they've talked about this before i know we're talking about it again <laughs> but now it's happening a new tron film is in development at disney with lion director gareth davis with Lion director Garth Davis tapped to direct and Jared Leto is set to star. Now, what's interesting about Leto's involvement is because the reports were, hey, we're getting a Tron 3. And what Leto was putting on social media, hey, everybody, we're making Tron Ares. And everyone's like, hang on a minute. Is it called Ares? And Leto quickly edited his posts. <laughs> so we went from Let, Aries <laughs> to Tron 3 or a new Tron film. Hey, everybody get excited. So I reckon that's pretty much what it's called. Tron Aries. Let's go with it. But yeah, Jared Leto stuffed up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, Tron Legacy. And I'm going to give a lot of credit to Daft Punk. What a thrill ride. That is such a fun movie and watching that on the big it's screen. It's fun. It is fun. Great experience. Oh, I, I thought it was great, but what an incredible soundtrack. Like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, on top of it all. The movie for the soundtrack and, you know, the cool visuals. So you reckon we're going, are we going full sequel? Okay, this is a third entry. Is there any thoughts that it might be a reboot at any stage or just a, a standalone 
Tron. Oh, we're still, we're still talking Tron. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's a continuation. What are your thoughts? Well, they've done a continuation okay. already, so it makes sense that a third entry um, will just be continuing the story that started in that first movie. I mean, I get it. Okay, sure. All right. <laughs> um, let's talk Star Trek. Now, Paramount Pictures has decided to pause on making another Star Trek movie. Now, this was nine months after hiring Fargo and Legion creator Noah Hawley to write and direct the next instalment of the franchise. Now, this, uh, they're not saying they don't have plans in the future, in the distant future, but for right now, pause. I can, I can deal with a pause on nothing, <laughs> but oh, I don't know. I'm upset. I love, they, they've also I like paused. their runs on the Tarantino Star Trek movie. Can you remember they were talking about that for a time? I and, think that's done. And do you know what? Done. I heard something recently and Tarantino's Star Trek film was apparently going to take place on a holodeck and it was going to be a gangster setting. So what the actual... So not really Star Trek then, just a Tarantino <laughs> film. Yeah, it's, I don't know. For me, Star Trek is on TV. That's where it's, it's, it's excelling at the moment. You know, we've got the three... Uh, at the moment, we've got these two live-action shows. We're about to get a third. They're working on a fourth. We've got the currently airing animated series, a second animated series coming. So Star Trek, it's been successful on TV for so many years. It's where it started. So yeah. I'm happy, as a Star Trek fan, to see it on TV. So it would have been nice to see Chris Pine as Kirk again. I do like him in the role of the rest of the cast. But I don't know. Like, I, I think let's just let's just leave Star Trek on the big screen for a while and just continue to focus on TV. We, we've got our we've got our nice little, you know, uh, is it the the Kelvin timeline? Is that what they call it? They call it. Yeah. We've got that little Kelvin trilogy. So that's yeah, right. that's, that's fine. You've got three uh, movies. Do you, know, do you know what it is? It's the lens flare and the Guillotina uh, uh, score. It just it just gets me. Okay. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's so pretty and it just sounds so glorious. I just want more of it. But I yeah, guess I can just watch. His scores just watch are, those movies. are beautiful. Yeah, he does really good scores on those movies. Or just in general. Like, yeah, Chino is one of, one of the best for sure. We've got an 80s movie coming back. And Zac Efron is set to be the star in Disney's Three Men and a Baby remake. So weird. <laughs> I mean, is he, is he playing what? the Steve Gutenberg part? Is he Ted Danson? Yeah. The other guy? That I'm Tom Selleck. That's him. Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of the main ones. Um, yeah, like, you know, I remember, you know, growing up watching these movies, Three Men and a Baby, uh, Three Men and a Lady, which was a bit more grown up. I, yeah. What if? Here's a, here's, a, here's a spin. Here's a pitch. All right. Little Mary. Yeah, that's her name. She's grown up even further. She's no longer a little lady. She's a big lady. Not like a big lady. She's <laughs> okay, a, she's older. She's, she's a grown-up grown lady. Married to Zac Efron. They have a baby. I don't know where the other two guys come no, into it. because it's not supposed to be their baby. They look after it. And, the, you know, the Bachelors, I think this it's a remake. It's not a Mary has a baby. Or a reboot. Mary has a baby. Zac Efron's her mate. No, I reckon Efron is going to be Selleck, Gutenberg, or Danson. He's going to be playing one of those parts, and that's what it's going to be. Um, I mean, this is Disney. If it's going to be Disney on the big screen, I don't know. If they're telling me it's going to be a Disney Plus movie, you've got my attention. I'll maybe, <laughs> I'll maybe watch it. But yeah, it, it's always one of those things now. It's like, you know, does this sound something like we probably don't want to pay for? Disney Plus. <laughs> hey, do you know, do you know what? The, there's, there's usually like there's a reason why I put stories in a particular order and why I followed on from Star Trek. Did you know that Three Men and a Baby was directed by Leonard Nimoy, Spock? What? How crazy! <laughs> that's, is that? that's true. That's nuts. So I yeah. know the name of the baby, right? In yeah. that movie, but I don't know who directed that movie. Yeah, now you do. Wow. Now you do. Yeah, he. Um, Holy Lord! <laughs> he directed it. It was his first non-Star Trek directing gig in his first directing gig not to be at paramount and of course this was um disney but um there you go a bit of trivia for three oh. men and a baby 
Oh, trivia's come early. <laughs> is there more trivia later, though? Is that yes, it? there's more. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Still got some. Um, dirty Dancing. I know <laughs> one of your favourites. <laughs> you almost choked then. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's a sequel. There, there, will, there will be a sequel starring Jennifer Grey, announced 33 years, of course, after the original Dirty Dancing 2. My wife loves this movie, and I right. have an appreciation for this movie. It's fine. It's fine. You've got Patrick Swayze. Yeah. You know, this is, yeah, this is a sequel to Dirty Dancing, but do you know they've already made a sequel? And I think it was like director home release. It was years ago. Was it like that Grease 2? Like it was just like so. This one, it was Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. And I've not seen it, but I believe Swayze has a cameo in it. But this is going to be the first like big budget on the big screen sequel. And then as you say, yeah, Jennifer Grey, 33 years later, is coming back. Mm. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start with what potentially the story or premise could be maybe you could take a stab at it, but obviously for the obvious reasons, no Patrick Swayze. No, but you know what? I think like three men and a baby, you know, your story idea with Mary, she has a kid and then she's the parent. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Baby's maybe. grown up. Baby's grown up. <laughs> we could just move along and talk about Knight Rider. You know, sure. It's been on, you know, keeping it, you know, 80s remakes, reboots and all of that. And a movie version of David Hasselhoff's Knight Rider TV series is coming to the big screen with Aquaman director James Wan producing. It's, it's pretty, it's, I don't know, it's pretty weird, I think. Just, I'm assuming this is going to be set in like modern day. I'd say. Um, yeah. like, like, like now, you know, but. The fact is, like, we've already got cars that, like, talk to you and have, you know, computer programs in them. So it's just, it'd be interesting to see what are they going to do with Kit? Like, what are they, what's their plans? Did you see that TV series that came out years ago? Maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I can't remember who they ended up getting for the voice of Kit, but it was either Mm. Val Kilmer or Will Arnett, one of them. Very, very different actors. <laughs> they are, but, but the reason why I'm saying it's one of them is because they cast one originally and then they couldn't do it for whatever reason, so they brought in somebody else. But I remember watching that... Either pilot. way, Kit was Batman. That's, that's all I'm taking. <laughs> oh, yes, good point. Yeah, wow. Either <laughs> maybe way, they can bring, oh, Maybe they could do a new Batman actor. I think Ben Affleck to be Kit. Or yeah, maybe. But I remember in, in this pilot, the, the end of it, you had the new guy and he was in a funeral and Hasselhoff had a, had a cameo. But that was a completely... In the coffin? No, just like stood beside him. He just came up to him. And you know what? This is oh. like, I'm trying to remember something <laughs> from years ago that I've not thought about since then. But there's some truth in what I've just said. <laughs> like Hasselhoff sure, had a cameo, I'll take it. And one of those actors did voice Kit in that show, which is not relevant to what we're talking about now. So... Yeah, Knight Rider for the first time on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's yeah, the story. I look, I reckon it, okay, so they're doing it. I reckon uh, completely fresh. Don't make it like, you know, Hasselhoff's son or whatever it is. Or, you know, he's, he's you know, the, ne- the next guy. I reckon brand new, maybe a little cameo or something just for fun. You know, like he shows you know up, he's working at, the, working at the paint shop yeah. or whatever. I don't know why they're going to a paint You've shop. You've just reminded me. He, the guy was Hasselhoff's son or no, for Michael Knight's son <laughs> in that TV pilot. <laughs> and then the Hoff turns up. He was always, I think he was supposed to be dead. I don't know. I'm too curious now. I either need to look into it or just watch it again. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't. <laughs> All right. A last movie story here. Tremors, the Shriekers are back. The seventh Tremors film is officially titled Tremors Shrieker Island. Yay, more Tremors! <laughs> <laughs> New title. I'm not gonna lie. I I don't know what the tre- I don't know what the Shriekers are yet. Because um, when do they first appear? Is it the second film or the third one? Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, they did oh, start come to on. evolve in the second. Tremors. The third one gave us the Ass Blasters, and um, so maybe <laughs> it's, been... <laughs> it's great. It's been a while since I've watched them. Um, but Shriekers, um, you know, maybe they were the second. Maybe 
that was aftershocks wasn't it yeah it's been a while it's been a while i've recently gone back and watched the original again still holds up it's a lot of fun that movie um <laughs> but yeah okay but the shriekers they're back <laughs> that's all and on an really, island yeah that's all we really <laughs> need need to know um you know a couple of years ago when the last tremors movie came out i tried so hard for us to review it on this very podcast and I shall be trying again with this. With this we movie. Can, not until not until I catch up and watch I'll all just... other what seven, all Six. other five movies. No, because I've watched the first, so all other five. You know what? I reckon because you know I've seen them all, even though I can't remember where the Shriekers came in, but it was somewhere. I reckon you could probably um, just you've seen the first one, and then just go back and do the first one with Jamie Kennedy. So you'd probably just do two before this. And that's, you've had that big gap from when they weren't making Tremors movies and then they came back from there to this. So you're talking three just movies. Watch, just watch the, the new ones. Yeah, the two with Jamie Kennedy and then, and then this. Well, we'll talk I'm not going to do that. Just... More. We'll talk oh, about I'll just watch them all. I'll just watch them. <laughs> uh, good man. Yeah, do them all. Um, well, that's it for <laughs> movie news. And now on to TV news. All right, I've got some new... Uh, We've got some Rogue One prequel news. The Cassian Andor Rogue One prequel series on Disney Plus has cast six underground star Adria Ajona in a lead role. This is a show that's remember? still happening. <laughs> or do I remember <laughs> her from that? I, mean, I was, was going to say, like, I mean, it, it was there was only one female in the in that main cast, wasn't it? One of them was a doctor, and I think there was a second. It's been All a while right. since I've seen that don't, movie. Don't quiz me on Six Underground, I tell you. <laughs> but Cassian Andor. So when we started Rogue One, and you know, I enjoyed that movie, but we had a pretty good idea what was going to happen to that character because we've seen A New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of yeah. know what's going to happen and what you thought was going to happen did actually happen. And on the back of that, they're saying, hey, he's got his own TV series. So have to start seeing something from it to get excited uh, but the fact that she's been cast in a lead role like co-lead i don't know how prominent cassian andor is going to be in it oh you reckon like you could take a like a, a, a step step back from the from the well, show how excited like unless the really? show is called unless the show is called Cassian Andor, it might just be a show that features him in some capacity. So maybe you're right there. And at the moment, like they're referring to it as a Rogue One prequel, but it's very much, you know, they're always mentioning Cassian Andor mm. in the description. But I think it's a, a good decision though, to introduce a new character as a lead because, okay, so we can get behind this character, which we don't necessarily know her future. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But anyway, we've got some more Star Wars news. And this one generally surprised me. Did not see this coming at all. The Lego Star Wars special. Star Wars. Oh, not is... another one. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Star Wars is getting a new holiday special, this time made out of Lego. The Lego Star Wars holiday special reunites Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, Rose, and the droids for a joyous feast on Life Day. Holiday first introduced in the 1978 Star Wars holiday special. I think outside of the Ewoks movies, the holiday special is the only Star Wars you can't watch on Disney Plus. So I'm very <laughs> surprised that they're acknowledging it here. But where is that movie that made one Star Wars film before it featured the original trilogy cast? They're going to be featuring everybody from the expanded you know, series of films, you know, so that all three trilogies characters are going to appear in this special made out of Lego. It's weird that they're, I don't know, even going in the direction of trying to, I guess in some way address the fact that the holiday special is a thing. I don't know, just by calling it this is, 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 it just points people in that direction yeah, and it's a, it's a thing that most Star Wars fans obviously don't want to acknowledge and don't want to face but I guess within the realm of this being a Lego Star Wars movie it's kind of like well, where else are they going to have fun with a holiday special if, if not the Lego realm so I guess it 
yes, it's fine, but it's it's still very odd. I'm very interested, but yes, com- just surprised. Again, like the fact they're actually acknowledging it. I mean, where else in Star Wars do they make mention to Live Day, which is their Christmas? <laughs> it just doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't happen, but it's going to happen here. The Lego Star Wars Holiday Special will stream on Disney Plus on November 17th this year. So we do mm. not have long to wait. And you know what? <laughs> I'm going to review it for Sounds Like Comics because we don't currently have the Christmas episode. And now we shall. Sure. Or a Life Day episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's 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 interesting amongst other I'm stuff. Saying, and I guess honestly, when I'm when the original holiday special came out, you know, there wasn't an abundance of Star Wars material, so it was more when that did come out, it was like, wow, this is horrid. What is this? But now, you know, every there's so much Star Wars that's been like bastardized or whatever it is. Like it's it's just so much. So honestly, much. like <laughs> so, it's it's fine. <laughs> if they were ever gonna release the original special from 1978 is in conjunction with this. But Disney Plus to go, you know what? Yeah, Lucasfilm made it, and here it is. You can watch it. Check it it out. Yeah. (laughs) Just check out both. Why not? All right. Ren and Stimpy are returning with a new take at Comedy Central, uh, joining Beavis and Butthead and a Daria spinoff. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Three bits of news there. But Ren and Stimpy, that's the that's the story. That's the main one. Like, I used to watch and enjoy Ren and Stimpy, Powdered Toast Man. I remember um, <laughs> getting a Marvel comic, and it was a crossover between Spider-Man and Powdered Toast Man, <laughs> the Ren and Stimpy character. Yeah, right. I, I used to enjoy <laughs> that show. I mean, it was it was crazy because you'd see other shows on Nickelodeon like. Rugrats and you know all these types of shows mm. and you know they had the moments of being quite gross uh, with the visuals and the humour but then came Ren and Stimpy which was this whole other thing but still like, Nickelodeon Oh, It still feels like such an adult show even now watching it as an adult I feel uncomfortable but I think the thing with Ren and Stimpy I just feel like they're not of this time anymore and like depending on what they change and do with it it's just like if they wanted to keep it without changing too much as they are like the Ren and Stimpy that, you know, we know and, and all that. I, I just don't think they work anymore as like, you can see ridiculous stuff like that just on the internet. So it's like, why would you, you idiots, Stimpy. I don't know. There's, there's fun yeah. to it, but it's, I don't I know. Get, I think it, I, yeah, I get where you could go. I've got the same, the same thought on Babes and Butthead. Absolutely. 100%. Well, they're doing it. Comedy Central, you know, that's um, that's what they're going to be working on. And if I'm honest, the Daria spin-off, Beavis and Butthead, Ren and Stimpy is the one that I'm more interested out of the three. <laughs> that's funny because I'm like, I'm like, Daria is the one where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm interested. Because well, I just, I still, yeah. yeah, I still feel like, like that can be modernized, but still also be the same. Like you can still have that, like that Daria show still kind of works in a modern setting. Like it, translates to today nothing has changed that much but you know what they're making them all so it's okay <laughs> we could just <laughs> we're all in we could just we watch all them all um oh animaniacs you know there's, there's a theme yeah. to this uh, the, to the news that we're talking about well yeah speaking of cartoons that are in- inappropriate for kids like, <laughs> you know yeah okay let, yeah i'll come back to that let me just do the story and um, hulu has announced their steven spielberg produced reboot of animaniacs will premiere on november 20th 2020 with a second season coming 2021 the series will feature the return of yakko wacko dot and Pinky and the Brain. So there we go. I'm happy to get more of this. What's interesting with what you said before is that this show originally aired on WB, which was like the kids' animated block. And what they found is the, the demographic that this was popular with were teenagers and adults where it was intended for children. Now, children want toys and want their mums and dads to buy them toys. But what they found is that the demographic they were reaching, they were happy to watch it, but not spend money on merchandise. And this show eventually got cancelled because they wanted a toy show, which, you know, that's what cartoons are, really, big toy Mm -hmm. commercials. Yeah, 
well, at least you know the young cartoons from from back in the in the nineties and eighties. <laughs> they still are. They still, okay, they still are. But yeah, that was, <laughs> but that was interesting though. So I'm thinking, oh, okay. So I remember, you know, I was of that age, you know, teenager when I was watching Animaniacs. So that fits and tracks for me. That, did you watch and like the show? I mean, like, yeah, I didn't watch it as much. You know, I've, I've always stated I was more of a Disney kid growing up. Um, but you know, the Warner Brothers stuff when when I could get it, I could. I checked it out, but there were so many, I mean, I don't remember it as a kid, but going back and watching things now and I see clips online, I've just like bits and pieces, odd episodes here and then you, there's just, there's jokes in there that you just, they would blow your mind. There's one episode where there's a joke about fingering prints, like, <laughs> what? like they're referring to fingerprints, but then ah. um, what's the girl animaniac dot? And she's holding uh, she's holding a painting of Prince, the artist. And there's a joke about like you know, like you've got to look for fingerprints or something, and it's like there's like a wink and a oh, you know very they, that's full on yeah, man. That's they can't on. be surprised that you know it was striking a chord with teenagers and adults <laughs> when they're doing you know they're doing stuff like, like that. that. Yeah, but but it's great though because again, like not just Animaniacs, that was part of that show. We're getting Pinky in the Brain as well, and the fact that they've got enough confidence in it, it's already been picked up for a second season, and we're only a few months away from season one dropping in the first place. So yeah, mm. I'm I'm happy to get more Animaniacs because I grew up, you know, your Disney. I grew up on Warner Brothers, you know, Bugs Bunny. You know, oh, I mean, I still watch them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but that's and I love where, Pinky in the Brain. Like, so yeah, I've that. leaned more towards all of that. Whereas I think you know you're very much more towards Disney. But you know, Tiny Toon Adventures that was another good show that I used to watch as well. Warner Brothers. Um, I guess moving away from all the cartoons and all that, McGruber, Will Forte will return as McGruber in an all new series coming to Peacock TV in 2021. Two things. One, very excited. Love that movie. <laughs> Great send-up of MacGyver. Started as a sketch on Saturday Night Live. But two, Peacock TV, no idea what that means for us here in Australia because <laughs> that's not a streaming service we have access. At the moment, that is US only. So I'm assuming the show would pop up somewhere, whether it's Netflix or I don't know. <laughs> ABC3. I don't know. Is that a thing? Will that still be... a channel? Oh yeah, that is. I think yeah, it is. Uh, um, SBS Vice Land. I don't know something. Have you some... seen yeah. the movie McGruber? No. Even though you've recommended it, it is it times. is so good. <laughs> you've got that Will Forte. He is so good in that. Uh, but playing the villain in that movie, you've got Val Kilmer playing a character named Van Kumpf. That's the guy's name. <laughs> it is the movie is big and ridiculous. Ryan Felipe's in there. Um, uh, Kristen, help me out here. Not Kristen Bell. She was in Ghostbusters, Bridesmaids. Kristen. She's in the new yes. Wonder Woman. Wig. Yes. Wig. <laughs> I like her too. Um, yeah, she's in it. <laughs> <laughs> she's in it. But. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, you're right. I have recommended the movie before, but even more so now with the TV series coming out, it is a really fun movie. And hopefully, anything can capture what made that movie so special and has since become a cult classic. If you can capture what was in that movie and put it in the TV series, it would be brilliant. From what you've described, it sounds like it would translate well into a, a TV show. But what do I know? I haven't, I haven't watched it. So you know, but it sounds, it sounds right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, essentially a send up of MacGyver, which was a TV mm. series. So it, it will work as a TV series. Um, okay, another movie that became a TV series and now is going to be rebooted as another TV series, Clueless. Yeah, not for my share. <laughs> This will focus on Dion, Cher's best friend. Now, I know you guys recently did an episode of Rewind in Review all about Clueless, but have you yes. seen the TV series? Uh, no. 
No. I used to watch... I might have actually have broken this news on that episode. Ah, but, um, okay. That I will listen to at some stage. That's fine. All good. Um, <laughs> I, I have seen that movie so many times. And I used to watch the TV series religiously. From yeah. memory, the only actor that crossed over was Donald Faison. Like yeah. His character was in there. Um, but yeah, I used to watch that Clueless TV, sh- uh, TV show all the time. But this new one, though, the reboot, uh, the plot for the show, a look at what happens when Cher disappears. How does Dee deal with the pressures of being the new most popular girl in school while also unraveling the mystery of what happened to her best friend? Okay. Now, first off, they're saying this is a reboot of Clueless, not following Cher, it's following Dion. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not really, do, do I need that? But then they had the mystery element. They're actually uh, <laughs> they're telling us that there's a mystery, like what happened to Cher? I'm curious. There was, there was a, I mean, obviously I got this from um, the Clueless episode that I did um, with Rob, but the description of them describing this like as a pitch, they described it, um, or no, sorry, Deadline described this new show as, this is what they said, baby pink and bisexual, blue tinted, tiny sunglasses wearing, oat milk latte and Adderall fueled. Look at what happens when the high school queen bee Cher disappears and her lifelong number two, Dion, steps into Cher's vacant Air Jordans. You see, I'm less interested in that, but more interested <laughs> in the one that I just described. I just, I just thought that description was holy shit. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really, yeah, they really want you to know what they're going for there. <laughs> yeah, just everything, just all out for it. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch that TV show from back when, but you know, I, I only recently yeah. discovered the the Clueless movie, and I guess I'll check this out. Okay. In in all honesty, yeah, you know, watch the movie back in the, what, 90s, and did watch the TV series. I can't remember one of the satellite channels used to used to be on there, so I did watch it. Uh, but that was at the time of 10 Things Out About You, She's All That, you know, all these romantic teen comedies were coming out. So it was very much like the thing, whereas I think for a new Clue, uh, I think for a new Clueless reboot to come out now or next year, might not be my thing if I'm honest. <laughs> is it too late? But I am curious about what happened to Cher. <laughs> like where <is> she? <laughs> <laughs> she became Batgirl. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, she did, didn't she? Well, you know, if it but it's yeah, clueless series reboot. Are they doing is it a reboot with them? Anyway, we don't think you know the movie and TV series were different, but that's fine. That's <laughs> the fine. answer being we don't know. Let's uh, let's go to the next story. Right. Um, a The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a reboot is in the works. Uh, inspired by Morgan Cooper's viral trailer, Bel-Air, the new series will be a dramatic take on the original sitcom. So did you watch this, this, um, this video? It was pretty, it was pretty well done. It was, yep. it was pretty good. And obviously an interesting premise. It's like, and when you break down the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, I guess, premise it is pretty serious but obviously they work it as a sitcom kind of they do go into serious stuff throughout the show but you know it's about this kid being sent away because the town he lives in it's too rough and stuff and his mom's genuinely concerned for his safety and you know he hasn't got the best sort of wealth behind him but he goes to live with his rich aunt and uncle who you know exposed to this new world of affluence and all that like that could be pretty mental there's a show here and apparently Will Smith and all that. And he, I think his yeah. wife, um, Jada Pinkett Smith, are also involved yeah, in Britain's to life. Yeah. So they, they saw the short when it came out and, and I did like it, you know, I, I liked it. And, and you're right. You know, I agree with all the points that you just made there. Um, but as, as a show, I, I'm not as interested if, if I'm honest, because it's one of those things where you, the Fresh Prince of Bella, it, it is, Will Smith. What it is? And I think yeah. they've done that show to perfection already. Like they can make it darker and edgier, but the I don't know. It's just not going to compare to what we've had before because you know it is a sitcom. You know, it's jokes. Uh, but then 
there's there's so much drama there already. Like probably the best example I can think of is the scene where Will's dad visits him and he's like, "Hey, son, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna leave together." And then you know, circumstances change, and he's like, "You know, son, you stay here, and I'm gonna go again." And just the moment between Uncle Phil and Will is just absolutely incredible. And he embraces yeah. him and he's like, I got you. And then, oh man, it's, I feel like they've, they've done it all already. And they've yeah. done it all so well. Um, but this, this is something very different though, because I can't think of another example of us getting like a dramatic take on a sitcom. I mean, has that happened? Uh, my go-to is Sabrina the Teenage Witch to Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, okay. That's, I mean... That's I mean, that, that, does, that does... I mean, obviously, it, there's, then... there's comic book, um, obviously, there's yeah. the adaptations of those, which is different, so but in, were... in general but, yeah. people's minds, this was a sitcom, now it's not. That's a good example, yeah, where both started being based off comics. Like There was already... Uh, a dramatic take on Sabrina mm. in comic form before the TV show. But yeah, no, I mean, I asked him. But most to, people would, if you were like, example. oh, do you know Sabrina, the witch, they'd be like, oh yeah, they're, you know, Talking Cat, all of that, that sitcom, that show, they don't know it's a comic. People, people. <laughs> I'm sure there's more examples, but, but that's okay. what I'm interested I'm just interested in how it all comes to life and what it's going to be like. And it might just be gimmicky for like two episodes and I'll be like, cool, now I'm over it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm saying I don't need it, but I'm, I am curious. And the trailer the guy put out, uh, Morgan Cooper, like, was good. Like, you know, it it already looked like it was, it looked like a real trailer. It looked yeah. like, okay, so this has been made and here's a trailer showing it. So you, there is an idea there, there's something there. And yeah, I mean, there's been talks about, you know, spin-offs of Fresh Prince, you know, for like however many years. Yeah, but this is one that's actually actually happening. Um, the final story, Hunters, is coming back for a second season on Amazon Prime. Very happy about that. That first season with Pacino was bloody fantastic. Twists and turns, gore, bad language, 70s setting, very much played like Tarantino on the small screen. Loved everything about it. <laughs> I did want to check this one out. I just never actually got around to it. And then I kind of forgot it. This was the like the Nazi hunter yes. one, wasn't it? That was, that was all that year. So it's 70s New York. And it's revealed that there is Nazis still active in America, undercover, working at NASA and various other organizations that are in high, high up positions. And yeah, it's very good. And then you've got the Nazi hunters led by Pacino. It's very good. It is a very good show. So maybe now it'll be back in your radar and you can check it out. I think it's like 10 episodes. The first one goes for 90 minutes, but the rest of them are just one hour. It's good. Very That's good. Right. Start off with a little movie. Okay. Um, but I have recommended that previously, but that leads us on to the recommend <laughs> section. <laughs> what are you going to recommend today? Okay. So um, all right, what I'm recommending is host. It's a, I want to call it a short film. It's 57 minutes long. Um, it's a Shutter original uh, directed by Rob Savage. Um, what's unique about it is that it was filmed entirely during the COVID pandemic under quarantine restrictions. So this guy, he basically got his friends and other people that he knows to, to make this movie over Zoom, which is what we use to to our little podcast here, which is great. Um, it's basically about a group of people. They're doing a seance over Zoom and things go wrong, as you would. It's a little horror movie. So, you know, there's things that go bump in the night over Zoom. It's essentially a found footage thing, but I just figured 57 minutes, it's unique how they made it because it's not just like a big budget, well, not big budget, but a small budget, big production where, you know, it's all, it's all happening. You know, like there's been other movies that haven't been so good at doing it, but this movie actually genuine scares throughout, which I thought was, I was, you know, I was impressed. I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting this, but what's interesting though is when in making it, this director, he actually had to teach his friends how to, 
set up cameras in their own homes because obviously he was doing everything over Zoom. So he's directing them. He was doing workshops with them to set up practical effects. He was essentially teaching them to be to become filmmakers from their end on Zoom, over, over Zoom, which I thought was really cool. And across 12 weeks, they did all the filming and all that, and then he pieced it together, put it out on Shutter. So interesting watch and actually a pretty decent little 57-minute horror flick. Host. Cool and very topical, filmed during COVID. There you go. Mm. Well, I'm going to recommend Star Trek Lower Decks. Ooh. This animated comedy Star Trek spin-off follows the misadventures of a lower tier crew serving on one of Starfleet's lesser known ships. Made by Mike McCann, co-writer Rick and Morty, and creator of Solar Opposites, which is a Hulu sci-fi comedy show. But um, yeah, Lower Decks, it's a lot of fun. I've seen online that it is upsetting a lot of Star Trek fans. They <laughs> don't like that this is a Star Trek show making jokes. Uh, but it's it's fun. It's like Star Trek doesn't need to be one thing. And I'm, you know, from what I've seen of this show so far, yeah, I'm enjoying it. From what I've seen of this show so far, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Good animation, good jokes. Uh, it's got a good voice cast. Uh, Jerry O'Connell's in there and various other people. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a fun show. And, you know, I didn't want to say too much earlier when we we're talking about, you know, Star Trek Four not happening. Right. But Star Trek on TV right now, honestly, it's where it's at. And, and this show is a lot of fun. We talked about on the last episode how we're getting another animated Star Trek series. That one will be Nickelodeon aimed at a younger audience. This show, you know, I mentioned the guy from Rick and Morty, it probably would skew more towards that audience. So it is... That, that was going to be my question. I'll, yeah. uh, you know, so Rick and Morty can obviously push the envelope a little bit with its humor. Oh, Rick is, and it, Morty is it to is, that level? It is. Yeah, not, so no, Lord X is to many, that level? Not quite at the Rick and Morty level, but it's more in okay. that ballpark to other. Like it, this isn't a kid show. Like you know, is it like is it like, like The Simpsons, Futurama, early yeah. Family Guy, or is probably, it probably like, yeah? That's probably Futurama would be a good comparison, but maybe a little bit okay. further along. But again, like basing it on not many episodes, uh, but it, tonally, it's it's more that. But this is not a kid show. You're going to get that later on with Star Trek prodigy but yeah this is this is a fun show but again like upset star trek fans online saying this is not star trek ah oh, well it is just accept it it's good so, <laughs> just uh, accept. so that's it so we've got a covid horror movie and a star trek animated series i love it and that's the recommend <laughs> okay so as always we like to close out on some trivia and i thought i would take this opportunity to talk about mcgruber you know, the Will Forte series? Yeah, yeah, no, you meant, yeah, you this mentioned it. Yeah. This is the movie, and I was saying how much I like this movie. But here's some interesting facts about the movie. It suffered one of the biggest theatrical fall-offs in recent cinema history when it dropped from 2,546 cinemas to only 177 in the US in just three weeks. Yeah, this movie bombed big time at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, it, but it bombed. And I've got more, more info. <laughs> it grossed just shy of its 10 million budget and Parade listed it as the second biggest box office flop of 2010. So if you haven't seen it, take this opportunity to go watch McGruber. <laughs> it is a good movie. It is a lot of fun. But wow, they are damning statistics. It did not That's do well. Rough. It's very rough, yeah. But you know, what can you do? doesn't mean the movie's bad. It just means it <laughs> didn't find an audience. But the making a TV series, as so somebody at Peacock has obviously recognised there's something to this and they're bringing Will Forte back. Well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast.
we're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Street Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstreetpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons. Sounds Like Comics have a new episode looking at Bill and Ted's bogus journey from 1991. And Rewind and Review recently went back to the 90s to check out Clueless. We've got to plug our special 250th episode, looking at all things disaster movies. We had a good time doing that. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of Force of Nature. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from Up Film Stew. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>